Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, January 14th, we look at lesson two, God's covenants with us. Together, let's see how God's covenants are a call for us to respond with obedience. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, so here we are, Michael, lesson two, and uh, this one is entitled uh, God's Covenants with us, plural, and our memory text is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2. New King James Version here. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Uh, What a beautiful statement there and a beautiful promise, if you will. And I think it's Mm -hmm. propelling us forward as we are recognizing and acknowledging God's covenants with us. Yeah. And and there's a lot of different kinds of covenants too. And covenants are are just promises, right? So uh, we sounds very formula, like a very formal kind of thing, but, but really um, we have a relational God as we talked about last week. And and that's certainly true here again. And uh, there's a lot of aspects where those covenants are, are somehow uh, connected, you know, God wants us to do something like live in relationship or he wants us to, to obey the Sabbath, the observe right. the Sabbath. Right. But, but, you know, is, is that cause he's just trying to force us arbitrarily to do something? Well, no, it's cause he wants to live in connection and relationship with us. He wants that, that to make sure that we, we have time uh, for that relationship uh, every week and rhythms of our lives and rhythms of relationship. Here we go. Uh, but, but here also one other um, thing is that there's some of God's covenants that are unilateral. God doesn't, we don't get to decide, right? And Matthew 545 go. is one of those that's highlighted in the lesson that he makes the sun rise on the evil and on good. Right. So yes. God, God, God allows us all to have an opportunity to have a choice to live and breathe and, and, even the sunshine, right? That's part of God's promise that he has for us. So with that being said, Michael, lead us into the salvation covenant. Absolutely. So, I mean, this is obviously the the most important aspect because sin enters the world. And we know the story of sin, this problem yes. of evil, uh, theodicy in theological terms, right? How does, how does that work? How do people... Um, what is the story and the drama as it unfolds throughout human history? And, and God certainly allowed that to unfold and we can witness and see. And the 20th century is part of this problem, the problem of evil. Incidentally, I was just meeting with our um, Adventist Society for Religious Studies. So just a shout out to one of our professional societies that that uh, we have of, of religion scholars Um ranging from grad students to full professors. Um, and I know Buster, you, you have been a part of this too, um, yes. in the past. And, and that's the topic for next year is, is the cosmic conflict or the great controversy, right? Is, is how do we deal with the problem of sin? How do we deal with the whole fact that genocide has taken place in the 20th century, things like that, uh, wrestling with the evilness of evil. Right. Um, and it's only when we recognize how evil <laughs> is evil, right? It's, it's, it's terrible um, that we begin to truly appreciate the beauty 
and sublimity of of salvation. In this case, uh, is the lessons talking about the salvation covenant, right? So first, there's a couple of verses here that that the lesson wants us to go over. I'd encourage those of you that are listening to take a little time to delve into them a little bit deeper if you have an opportunity this week. Uh, but the first one is is First John five uh, five verse thirteen. And I'm reading from the NIV. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Right. And I love that because there's this sort of uh, confidence buster. Yes, there that is. That when it comes to salvation, that uh, we can know that we are saved. Mm. Now, this is not some kind of predestination uh, or, or some kind of abuse of, you know, well, I can just, you know. <laughs> do whatever I want because I'll be saved anyways. Well, well, no, that's, that's kind of missing the point. The idea is, is that for those who are in relationship with God, you can have a confidence in that relationship. Just like if you have a healthy marriage, you can have a confidence where you don't have to be looking over your shoulder and worried constantly. Oh, is that person cheating on me? You know, and, and Mm -hmm. kind of uh, that suspiciousness kind of thing that can, um, and by the way, that, that erodes a relationship too, right? So um, it's, it's symptomatic, but it also contributes to the uh, falling away of relationship. And so we want to talk about things that build that relationship. That's what God's interested in with us is, is building that relationship. That's what salvation is, is restoration of that relationship. So first John five thirteen, And so um, within you know, a certain amount of reasonableness uh, that, that there can be confidence that we know that we will be saved in and through Jesus by Amen. by His grace, right? Um, NIV uh, also again Matthew ten twenty two, you'll be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved, right? Saved, yes. And uh, so uh, there's this sort of aspect that uh, you have to make a decision. You have, have to choose, right? It may not necessarily always be the popular decision, you know. But but it is a decision that we all make, and to uh, continue on uh, to to the end. Um, one more thing here, uh, looking at this this lesson, John chapter uh, six verse twenty nine. Jesus answered this conversation. Uh, the work of God is to do this: to believe in the one whom He has sent. sent. Uh, and so again, relationship, relationship focused on Jesus. He is the Savior. Uh, of the world. That's how we have that confidence. And, and actually I, there is a fourth verse here. I I should probably not, not for to uh, ellipse uh, it here. Second Peter one, 10 and 11, therefore brothers and sisters make every effort to confirm your calling and election for, if you do these things, you'll never stumble. What does this mean buster that will never ever make a mistake? No. <laughs> well, no, I think of it kind of like a GPS, you know, you miss that turn, it's going to keep pointing you right back. And so that's what that uh, relationship aspect is, is that uh, it will make sure that you're headed in the right direction. And that's what making your calling and election sure is keeping your eyes fixed upon Jesus. That is what the salvation covenant is all about but sometimes we need to kind of get our we need to get our attention and so uh monday's lessons talking to to hearken diligently buster what is to hearken yeah so uh matthew 28 1 through 14 for our memory text we read verses 1 and 2 but if you go back and i'm not going to read all of it uh if you go back and read 
three through 14, you'll see that this is, uh, let me set the stage first. This is Moses speaking to the children of Israel on behalf of God right after they enter the promised land. And he's telling them the reason why you enter this promised land is because you're blessed because God blessed you. And a part of that blessing, there was the root cause of that was your obedience. God asked you to do something and you obeyed him. And he says, if you're, if you're going to continue to obey, faithfully obey, hearken diligently, right? Uh, the lesson asks, what does that mean? It means to do so forthrightly as fast as you can. Obey the Lord with everything that you have. Uh, he tells them that you're going to be blessed in the city. You're going to be blessed in the field. Uh, you're going to be blessed by the fruit of your womb. He's, gonna, he's telling them all these ways they're going to be blessed if they continue to hearken diligently. Uh, verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasury in the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season to bless all the works of your hands. Uh, the last portion here. And if you do not turn aside from any of these of the words I command you today to the right hand or to the left to go after the gods to serve them. So he's telling them, don't wait to follow me. Don't wait. Hearken diligently uh, with everything that you have. Come and follow me. And there you will find these blessings. Uh, I, I share this with uh, students all the time, Michael, that God's love is unconditional, but mm -hmm. his blessings have conditions on them. And mm -hmm. one of the conditions of his blessings is, is obedience. But we also just read there earlier that it rains on the just and the unjust. And so sometimes mm -hmm. I think we get away with it. We say, you know what? God is still good. So therefore I can be bad, if you will. Uh, and that that's a futile way of thinking. The correct way of thinking is, Lord, help me to hearken diligently in my obedience to you uh, because I love you, because you once again first loved me. And because of that, I will. I want to follow what you ask me to do because when I do, it leads me to the promised land. When I don't, it leads me away from you, which is one of the worst things, one of the worst consequences there could possibly be, away from God. Uh, and and so I, I want our audience to to remember that, to hear that, and to keep that in the forefront of your mind this week to hearken diligently, but also to keep it in the forefront of your minds to honor the Lord, which is Tuesday's lesson. Michael, what's this about? So this passage is focused on Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, and Solomon giving advice to his son. My son, it starts out, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. And it's talking about long years and peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you, right? Um, these, these are uh, things that will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. That sounds like a good verse to aspire to, right? To it win does. favor, a good name in the sight of God and man. I think that's not a, a bad thing to aspire or to desire, right? Is that uh, you you want to and seek those, those kinds of things. And um, of course, probably the most famous verse in this particular passage uh, that also is a scripture song, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings, but on all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. And so I think that's a, a good promise, again, to remember that uh, <clears throat> we've been talking about priorities in, in last week's lesson, right? Right. Is trust in the Lord with all your heart, uh, that, that we need to be careful that we 
live in, an, in, a, in a state of dependence upon God, uh, of self-surrender to him, right? And, and if we do that, he will uh, lead and guide us, make those paths straight, so to speak, right? Um, and of course, these have physical effects on, on who we are, verse 8, kind of just quickly highlighting a few, this, this rather lengthy passage, will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Um, this is interesting because, you know, there is a lot of medical research now, Buster, that talks about people yes. who um, are happy. I'm thinking of people through laughter and joy, <laughs> those kinds of things tend to live longer. They just, yes. it, you know, there's something about that, the physical and emotional aspects of our actual bodies that seem to thrive and do better and heal faster when um a joyful countenance if you will right absolutely absolutely and, and there's some truth to that and and we're starting to to see you know scientific evidence that that does support that and then finally i think this is where uh ed reed with the lesson the primary contributor has is, is kind of getting at is verses nine and ten honor the lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops and then your barns mm -hmm. will be filled to overflowing your vats will brim over with new wine. Yes. And so with there, there's all these different aspects from the physical to the emotional, the spiritual. Um, but I think uh, we're talking stewardship now very specifically in terms of our physical wealth. And, and God wants us to return the first fruits. That's, that's usually considered the best, right? It, the, right? These are already his, if we're stewards, we're just custodians of what God has bestowed on us. We give, a portion of the first fruits of that back to him. And so, uh, and, and I think that is a good way of describing um, what this is stewardship's all about is living in a spirit of generosity, mm -hmm. uh, returning to God what's his, you know. Um, I was just thinking this this last week, um, Jim Gilly, I don't know if you knew Jim uh, Gilly at all. He used yes, to be the president at Arkansas, Louisiana, and I think he was involved with 3ABN and um, I was I worked with him on a on a, on a board Adventist Heritage Ministry years ago, and got to know him. and And I had a good friend that just posted a memory of him. Actually, two different, completely different friends. Uh, I don't even think they know each other, but they said the it was interesting. The thing that they remembered the most about him was that he was always generous. Mm. Uh, that he would go on trips and he would bring um, extra food along because. Uh, of special dietary needs. And he knew some other people that had the same dietary needs. He'd, he'd bring extra along for them, or there might be a trip, uh, like a study tour. And there's some people that couldn't afford the food. He would, he'd buy them food or, or one time another friend complained that the uh, app of an organization he was leading cost $5 and he just handed him $5 out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you have nothing to complain about anymore, right? There you go. <laughs> and and I like that uh, living in in generosity. And I think that's what God's trying to teach us is is to learn to be generous with those around us. And when we give to others, uh, we uh, also receive back. And we don't do it to receive back, but but that's just sort of a principle of life to 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 give is to receive, to receive um, is to also give. It's a reciprocal, uh, relational kind of thing. And and that's the best way to kind of live is to live in a spirit of, of giving um, 
with others. And, and that leads to uh, Wednesday's discussion on, on tithe. In fact, it calls it the tithe contract. Sounds a little yes. scary, Buster. <laughs> it does. Uh, and Holly, most people in our audience will be familiar with this. Uh, I remember a time when I was growing up in church, we used to recite this as a church, as the deacons were coming back down the aisle with the mm-hmm. tithe and offerings. Uh, but Malachi seven says, yet from these, from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from your ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, and what shall we return? Will a man rob God, and yet you have robbed me? But you will say, in what way have we robbed you in tithe and offerings? And it goes on. Uh, if you haven't read this before, I challenge you to do so. But he, he goes on and says, if if you return, I will uh, I if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing, there will not be enough room to receive it. Verse uh, verse 10 there and verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And it asks this question, what prom- What are the promises and the obligations found in the, these verses? And the promises are that God wants a tenth and that's the thing he doesn't need our tenth and i think that's what we have to realize this is a trial or a test this is uh some people say well this is how the church operates yes but regardless the god promises that his church will not fail his church will not fall uh so even if no one gave god will give because he's the owner of everything but in us giving michael it just shows us that god is God is prompting us to show us that he has our hearts and our minds, not only temporally, but eternally by us giving and returning back. And so it's called a tithe contract, not in a sense of if you don't, then you're lost forever. It's a it's a contract that actually shows us where our hearts are. Uh, the question here at the end of this lesson asks, what does your tithing or lack thereof say about your, your own spirituality and relationship to God? I know a lot of people over my years as a pastor, Michael, that have made a ton of excuses for not tithing. And matter of fact, I think it's true today, probably a little less now, that only a third of the church is returning a faithful tithe and offerings. Actually, I think that's just tithes. We're not even talking about offerings. Uh, And it's sad because a lot of people are saying, well, in today's day and age, there's so many expenses. Uh, I send my child to private school. I I have to return taxes. I have to pay my light bill and my mortgage. And there's not enough room or space to return back to God what belongs to him. And I, I, I will challenge you on this. You will make it through the rest of your life not returning tithe, and you will be temporarily okay. But I will ask you this. Where is your heart? Right? Because where your where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your heart Absolutely. and your treasure is not in heaven, that in other words, you will find that way. Uh, matter of fact, I can say this, and Michael, I know you can attest to this as well. How many times we've been blessed because we give God the first fruits? Uh, Absolutely. And I challenge you to do so and cut back in other areas. Right? My car right now is struggling and putting out uh, because we've choose to cut back in some other areas rather than the areas that count most. And we're always going to put God first and we'll continue to do so. And if you're not there yet, yeah, if you're, if you're not there yet, uh, one of my greatest friends, he is in church today because his wife, uh, his business was failing and his wife challenged him said, let's just try to return tithe. 
and they did, and he's running an HVAC uh, uh, heating and uh, air conditioning company. And he said, we've never had better returns than in the time where our company and we start returning tithe. He's like, so it's not a transactional thing once again. He's like, but as I honored God, God honored me. And he's like, and my character began to change. And so it's not just a matter of money. It's a matter of character, right? Mm. A matter yeah. of God stopped doing the things that God said he was going to do, uh, the horrible situations that we find ourselves in. So please be faithful unto God and do your part as far as showing him how much you care about not only he, him, but also his church. He is faithful. And I can attest to that as well. It's not always easy, right? No. So trying to stretch those those dollars uh, ever so far, but um, it's, it's, a you know, <clears throat> like you said, I, and I think it really comes down to priorities and, and we don't have a God that's trying to zap us. Oh, you missed 50 cents uh, on, on your ties somewhere. How or whatever. dare you, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, God's, God's not trying to, you know, oh, I, I, you know, but he, he wants to know um, that, that we value that relationship, that we value what God says. And so, um, and that's, that's where uh, Thursday's lesson comes in. Seek ye first, seek right? First, and yes. are, are, are your, where are your priorities and, and are you seeking me is, do I have your attention? And, and usually when, when God has, when he has our attention, we're not trying to say how little we can get away with. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Imagine you go out on a date, you know, you're not like, uh, What's the, uh, hey, sweetie, I'm, I'm, I want to take you on a date. What's the cheapest place I can take you? I'm going to take you to Taco Bell for a romantic date. You know, can you imagine? I, I was saying, you know, hey, some people do, and that's okay. But, hey, hey, do it. Do you know, there's, do there's you times, can. there's times that, but, but, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're taking someone out and you want to impress them, uh, probably McDonald's or one of these fast food places is not going to be the place to to impress them. And any, any um, place so with a dollar out, menu, you should probably you should probably steer away from. Yeah. So so any of any of our theology students, you're listening. OK, just take take one on one dating advice from Buster and Michael here. <laughs> Soup and swoops. Uh, seek ye first. Right. So let's get back here to Matthew. <laughs> Matthew 6, uh, verses 25 to 33. Uh, I think this is the, the key passage I want to focus in on. And and I, I, I like this. And coming back to Jesus being a, a relational God, right? Therefore, I tell you, Jesus says, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Mm. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? More than they. Yeah. So, and can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? You know. So, so all these things that I, I think God knows that by nature we tend to, at least I can speak for myself, tend to worry a lot. Um, right. Stress, you know, because because I'm worried about how everything's going to work out, and and. Uh, you know, different things that are coming up in life, whether it's family or work or, or anything. Right. And, and, um, Jesus is like, no stress, <laughs> don't stress, <laughs> trust me instead. And and that's not saying that we don't have to pay attention. There's times we have to work quickly or rapidly or, uh, make important decisions in our lives. But, but he's trying to say at the end of it all, I got you, I got yes. you, I, or I see you, 
You know, I see you, um, I see what's going on. And, and that's what, what God's trying to tell us, you know, is trust me. I know what your needs are and I'm going to, I'm going to take care of you. I've got you. I, I see you. And um, that's, that's what it's about seeking first uh, the kingdom of God. And um, he's promised in, you know, first John one, nine, if we confess our sins, he'll forgive us. Right. He, he yes. wants to live. He wants to restore us. He wants us to live in right relationship to him. And so that's, that's really the bottom line here. I love it, Michael. Uh, and praying that our audience, including yourself and myself, Michael, that we, we truly do seek God first with everything Absolutely. we have. And that's what covenant's all about. Uh, yes, God is. has decided already for us that he has his best interest in mind for us. If we will only surrender, if we will respond to him. Well, that wraps up a uh, second lesson here as we're diving in, moving right along with our uh, new quarter, excited about it. Can't wait to see. Uh, hopefully we'll have a little <clears throat> surprise announcement a little bit later. I want to save that till we have an opportunity and have that confirmed, but uh, hoping to have a special guest here with us on our Sabbath school rescue program until then. Uh, thanks for listening. And this is Sue and swoops signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.